Hey everyone, this is Dr. Tim Cummings. And this is Dr. Jess Cummings. And this is the Healthy Kansas City Podcast. On this week's episode of the Healthy Kansas City Podcast, we interview Samantha Lane with Lumina Coaching. And what is so awesome about this week's episode um, is Sam's just business. It's very unique. She is a retirement coach and she does more than that. She does not only work with those who are nearing and preparing for retirement. Um, she works with anybody who is going through a life transition or foresees a life transition coming up, um, which I just think is so helpful. There are so many amazing pearls of wisdom in this podcast for those that have been through recently or about to go through a massive life transition and just all sorts of things that you may not even think of to help prepare you for that transition. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this and to hear all the things that she has to say about what she does with Lumina Coaching. Yeah. And like Jess said, this episode gets really deep. We had such a great time talking with Samantha and she very much like us loves to get to the root of what's going on with her clients. And when you're talking about life transitions, it is important to consider not only the, the obvious transition that's being made, whether that's a transition um, out of working life into retirement or a transition into a different stage of professional life or a transition personally as well. But it's talking about like the, the why behind what's happening with you and creating a vision for where you want to go, not just managing in the stress of the situation here and now, but really casting a, an idea of where you're going and how you're going to get there and really laying that path out. And, you know, like so many other of our guests that we've had on the episode, we love Samantha because she's another person that really is thoughtful and takes her time with each one of the people that she helps and really treats them as a whole person and not just a problem to solve. So we think you guys are going to love this episode. Certainly a little bit different than our normal health, fitness, weightlifting, and strength and conditioning type podcasts. But Definitely. nonetheless, it is such an important part of life, just understanding how to transition gracefully through different stages of life. So make sure you guys smash that subscribe button. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast already, make sure you leave that five-star review because this is a five-star podcast and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back to the Healthy Kansas City podcast. And today, guys, we are so excited to introduce you to Samantha Lane with Lumina Coaching. She is a transition coach and a retirement coach. And I can't wait for you guys to just hear all about her business and exactly what that is because it is much needed. So Sam, thank you for coming on and thank you for your time. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Jessica. Thanks, Tim. It's exciting to be here and share about coaching. Yeah. Well, we're really excited to introduce you to our audience as well. Mm -hmm. And and maybe the best place to start, we do this with most, most people is just like, Maybe give us a little bit of background about what led you to this point. We don't have to go all the way back to like grade school, but maybe like (laughs) we've heard so many stories about people like where they start in college and they think they want to do one thing and then they end up doing another thing. Like I was a psychology major when I started 
you know, at Mizzou and end up now I'm a, you know, doctor of physical therapy, which is kind of, I guess, strange in some ways, but yeah. How did things get started for you? You know, what was kind of the path that led you to what you're yeah. doing now? Well, I'm so glad you shared that because I actually swapped. I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist. My, yeah. <laughs> my younger sister um, had a lot of therapies growing up. She's got a lot of unique support needs. And so I saw the therapist in and out of our home and I thought, oh, that looks really fun. And I took my first chemistry and biology class. It was like, not fun. Science. <laughs> yeah. And so then I actually switched to psychology and ended up getting a BA in psychology. Which um, I have to interject really quick. <laughs> like that's what drove me nuts about undergrad because, you know, PT grad school is a science. So yes, they make you take all these biology classes, all these chemistry classes, physics classes. I hated them. And I went to a, uh, I went to University of Illinois being from Chicago and very big engineering school, well-known in the country. So I was taking all those prereqs with all of the, you know, weed out classes for the engineering uh -huh. students. They were so hard. Like everybody yeah. failed and they curve it. So you do okay. <laughs> and I was like, this is not school. Then my major kinesiology study of human movement loved, totally yeah. relates to physical therapy. Chemistry does not. You, there's like one yeah. physics concept that relates to PT. So yeah. anyway, so I everyone would, listening. I was over my yes. head. I was, yes. I was very much just like, okay, well, I actually want to do my psychology homework. So let's go with that one. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, you know, didn't know anything about the coaching profession. Maybe at that point, you know, hear differently about business coaches and whatnot. But um, I was very much just exploring. I thought I wanted to go into teaching. I thought, you know, more advocacy work with the disability community. Again, you know, with my sister impacting my work. And um, eventually started working with a coach. I was at a point in my life. So I went to school up in St. Thomas and I ended up staying around there for almost nine years. And I was at that point was like, do I want to move back home or not? And I was like, mm, I feel, I real, I feel really confused. I feel really stuck. I feel really just like, I don't know what to do. And so there was a mom that I was nannying for a couple nights a week and she had just gotten her coach's training. And so I was like, Hey, I'll watch your girls. You give me coaching hours. Let's, let's do this trade. And it was, I swap. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. It was amazing how much momentum I made in like three, four short months. Um, people always often say like, coaching collapses time. And I found that to be very true for me. Like I would have figured it out eventually, right? Like I would have, I would have been able to make a decision at some point, but the momentum and the clarity that I got quickly was, was just so impactful. Um, and so that's how I fell in love with coaching asked her about her training and then decided to go to um, an accredited coach's training in fall of 2015. Um, and then I moved back to Kansas and launched my business in early 2016. So cool. And it is not easy to start a business. We know that very well. <laughs> and move at the same time. I talk yes. about that part of my life, like everything was disrupted. I mean, yes. was, and it was like a positive disruption, right? But it was mm -hmm. just disrupted. Yeah. And are you from here? Yeah. So I grew up in Gardner and um, I have older siblings and younger siblings that are still around the area. So that was a big pull to come back, you know, after, after being in Minnesota for, you know, almost nine years, it was, it was lovely. And that was part of, that was part of the change that was so difficult. I wasn't running away from something, right? Like I loved the cities. Um, and this is where I think now, as I've evolved in my coaching practice to work with the folks that I work with in transitions, I know what it's like to feel really small. I know what it's like to feel really stuck with what am I leaving and what am I moving towards? And it's confusing and it's emotional and it's foggy. And so 
you know, you mentioned retirement coaching, then that is a big bulk of, of who I coach. And as a 31 year old young woman, people are often surprised by that. I'm not retired. I haven't walked that journey. Um, but I've walked the journey of creating a new season. And, and I've been in that place of, I don't know even how to figure out my next steps, but then was able to, you know, get out of that fog and, and figure it out and live a life that feels really big and expansive and awesome now. Mm. Well, and I love that you said that because I feel like it's kind of the same in PT. I mean, Tim and I have had little aches and pains here and there. It's easy for us to treat it because we both, you know, we live with each other. So you know, it's very nice to live with your PT. Like you take mm-hmm. care of things, you get on top of it right away. You yeah. had a shoulder injury that was pretty significant when you were younger. Mm-hmm. I literally have had ankle sprains. I've not had any major injuries. So kind of the same thing, right? Like my patients might be like, well, how can you relate to me when, you know, I have a massive sure. surgery or a massive injury or chronic pain, but you know, we've seen enough of it, like, and we've gone through enough life where it's just like, we can empathize with our other life experiences, even if we haven't gone through the exact same thing. And we've seen enough of these patients where it's like, we know, you know, what to tell them to expect. And, you know, I mean, it is like, I think you don't have to have the exact same, be in the same stage of life to treat people. Well, I think you can still do that even when you're, you know, yeah, maybe different age or well, that sort of thing. That gets to that conversation we were talking about earlier about the interest in psychology as well. Mm-hmm. One of the things we talk about with our two PTs that, that work for us as well is when you meet somebody new in physical therapy, you know, in that initial session, it's always important to get like three or four levels deep and just ask those why questions. Like, why is this important to you? Well, because of X. Well, why is X important to you? Well, because mm-hmm. of this and then kind of getting deeper. So what I would imagine like you, in your situation, Samantha, is kind of similar. Like what what kind of questions are you asking the people that you're working with? Because there is that little bit of disconnect in terms of like stage of life. Like how do you get people focused on where they're going? Yeah, yeah. Great question. And I, and I think I appreciate what you say, what you said, Jessica, about, you know, not needing to walk the same walk. It's, it's, um, it's very true because it is about the questions. It's not about what I can insert about my experience or mentorship. It's about helping that person feel empowered with their own answers. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what sets the coaching profession apart from therapy or consulting or mentorship or teaching. Um, it's really letting the person create the agenda, which can be kind of terrifying for people the first couple you know, sessions when they're just like, wait, I want you to give me the answers. Like we're used to saying, I don't know. And being like, come on people, like help me out. And, and so to, to sit with that discomfort um, can be really, really uncomfortable, um, but also really powerful when people realize, wait, I do have the answers here. And so my job is to help like, threats and like offer encouragement, threats and offer encouragement all along those ways. Um, so I'm just trying to think of, of, for the retirement transition specifically, people often are ready financially. I mean, that's the, that's the first step that it's like, are you ready to retire? When people ask that question, they're asking, are you ready financially to retire? Can you physically, you know, live on your means for retirement? Now, the, the underlying you know, question is, are you ready socially, emotionally, physically, you know, spiritually for retirement? And so that's where I start. I start with those eight dimensions of wellness as, a, as just a simple check-in. How are you feeling emotionally? How are you feeling socially? What, what's your level of contentment in these different dimensions right now? And typically, that unlocks enough for plenty of sessions to start us off with. Yes. Um, I mean, I had one fellow he 
rated himself, he was about 10 months out from retirement when we started working together and he rated himself a two socially and a three emotionally. Um, mm. And those were somewhat shocking numbers, but then a little bit not also because he knew how burnt out he was. He knew like this, I am not feeling well right now. And the fact that I'm not well right now, and then I've got this big change coming around the corner in 10 months with retirement, that feels like a dead end. Like I feel unprepared. I feel not confident with how I'm going to navigate that. And also like, I don't want to hate the last 10 months of my job. You know, it, overall, he would say he did, he enjoyed his work. Right. Um, so in our sessions, I'm kind of maybe skipping ahead here, but in our sessions was able to continue prioritizing, like what's important to me, what's not, what do I want to add in for my wellness? You know, on a daily, weekly basis, he started meditating. That was something important to him. Um, he started just learning about how to articulate his emotions and experience emotions. And by the time he retired, he was at a nine emotionally and a seven socially and just this massive change. And I love that because he externally, things didn't change. I mean, he, his, his internal mindset and sense of control and empowerment. That's what it was about. That was the heavy lifting, but he still had the same job title. He still had the same coworkers. He still had the same work hours, you know, up until his actual retirement date, mm -hmm. but he got to enjoy that process. Um, yeah. That's one of my favorite stories. I love to hear that because I think our mindset is so important for so many aspects of life. You know, for you, it's your, your clients that are making this huge, massive life transition for us. It's people who are in a lot of pain, who are injured, and that's significantly impacting their life. And just how you help your client, your patient, you know, whatever you want to call them, yeah. get around kind of their, their own, sometimes they get in their own way, I think. And, and, and certainly in all of those in, in both on our side of things as PTs and then on your side of things, like these are big deals, you know, they're major life disruptions or transitions. And, but, I, but I do think like, I've seen that with clients, um, you know, on our end who come in and like, they're, they're like, just tell me what to do. I'm, I'm willing to do the work. I know I'm going to get back there. And they're the ones that do the best because, you know, they do do the work. They put in the effort. They're confident they're going to get where they want to go. They know they they're have help. They're reaching it, out. Like. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. And I imagine this is the same, same with you. You know, people are reaching out to you like they're, they want help, right? They're, they're coachable. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So. There's, there's definitely seasons where coaching, I think, can be a good fit and sometimes not. Um, mm -hmm. You know, part, so I've actually, I've coached um, a couple widows and that's been a really interesting and such a privilege to walk with them on their journey and that's that's really a season of you know there needs to be grief and the grief is probably never ending yet there's a time when these women they they kind of awoke to this this idea that I need to create a vision for my own my own life because I always had a vision with my husband and now that he's not here what is this going to look like and so they were able to articulate to the people that then referred them to me, like, okay, I've done the counseling. I've, I've, you know, had some healing and now I'm ready to move forward. And that's, that's the inflection point when coaching is like, all right, here's where I am and here's where I want to be. But the in-between path is really blurry. That's when, you know, bringing a coach into the situation is really powerful. 
Very mm. cool. Well, I want to ask some more questions about retirement because I'm just thinking like we have a lot of clients, our parents have all been through this. You know, I think this is so relevant to so many people and Sam, until I met you, I had no idea retirement coaching was a thing. And now I'm like, this is huge. Everybody needs to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like I will certainly, when I get to that point, if I can ever, ever retire, <laughs> I will reach out for sure. No rush, no rush. Um, yeah. So we're, we're younger, right? We've got some time here, lots of time, hopefully. Um, and I do love my job, but um, what else do you work with? You mentioned with is like what sorts of other clients um, is in your wheelhouse? Yeah, so you think about change in some of those big things, like when your occupation is changing, that's going to be a big point, like retirement, but even like the kids are leaving and you're becoming empty nesters. Mm -hmm. I mean, these things that are going to create shifts in what your maybe daily structure looks like. And so when I think about some of the ideal clients that I work with, it's those that have those high pressure um, environments where then looking at retirement as this like open freedom is actually kind of terrifying. You know, for your yeah. son, it's like, that's so exciting. Go play and frolic in this field of freedom. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, I have not had freedom. I have been on call. I have been, you know, pressured with my work. I have been needed. And now actually this like lack of structure and this freedom is, is not actually appealing. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and some people may not be able to articulate that why even behind it. Um, I noticed that many people have a sense of shame and like loneliness without, with not knowing what their retirement plans are. Um, Cause people put their best forward, foot forward, right? So it seems like all my neighbors know exactly what they want to do in retirement. And, you know, everybody seems to have it all figured out. Kind of like take yourself back to being an 18 or 20 year old, you know, when you feel so much pressure from your peers about what college they want to go to and oh this person knows they want to be a lawyer and they've got this grad school already set up and it's just like I have no idea what I want to do and you feel ashamed for not knowing you feel like something's wrong with me that I don't know my dreams and my talents and what I want to do with them fast forward to a 65 year old that like exact same place mm -hmm. and to me that it's like how to um neutralize that a little bit and help people understand like this is a universal experience here. You are not crazy. You are not, you know, um, a, a mistake. You, you're not wrong for thinking these thoughts, but we can rise above this shame and help you, um, you know, feel empowered with exploring what your next step is going to be. Mm. Well, and I love that, that you're thinking about those things and having those conversations. That's something that kind of resonates with me. Jess is like, she's much better at leisure than I am, but like, I, I kind <laughs> of have nice this way of saying I'm lazy. <laughs> well, I have, I have a, a, a little bit different vision, but one of the things that, that I've also kind of always thought in the back of my head, and, and I wonder, Samantha, if maybe you've heard this from some people too, is just the idea of like, not working anymore is not like super appealing to me. It's like, I could certainly see like a situation. It's like, well, physical therapy is a fairly physically demanding job. Although my job now is less demanding than it was when I started in terms of yeah. like the number of people I see. But yeah. like, I, I would say if I was being completely honest with you, like, I don't ever want to be at this point in my life where like, I'm not doing some sort of like productive work. Now, Absolutely. certainly as my business grows and like my responsibilities change, probably I'm going to get away from like my clinical work. But, yeah. you know, I guess my question for you would be, what does that look like? Because I'm sure you have other people besides me who would ask you like, well, what if I don't want to just like 
you know, mm-hmm. kind of pursue leisure all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, how, how do we kind of get into that conversation and figure out about like, you know, what's the next step? How do I p- apply my energy in a way that like, yeah. you know, I, I look at it as almost like a creative outlet for myself. Absolutely. So. Yeah, no, great question. And there's a few thoughts that come up about that because it's definitely, you're not the only one who wants to have a continued sense of contribution and purpose and meaning. Yet some people are recognizing I don't want it to look the same as it does right now, maybe because it's physically demanding, maybe because they don't feel like they're in control of their schedule. Um, And I think there seems to be some blinders that sometimes happen when we go through change that we, we start to feel like we're on shaky ground. So we like put our stakes in with what we know and what we know is what we've done for all these years. And so having a safe place to kind of unpack this and realize, wow, I can be creative in all these other ways. Like what are the ways I can stretch my skills and talents and translate these to so many other avenues, you know, whether it's for paid work at a part-time basis, whether it's for volunteering and contributing in a way that you never thought you might have the freedom to do before. Um, but there's a lot of people that are like, I, you know, too much like rest and indulgence is not good for your soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's some that are like, I don't want to be bored. Like I can only play so many rounds of golf and drink, you know, my time, whatever. It's like, well, and Sarah and I have talked before about there is a difference between rest and leisure. Leisure is like, yes, relaxing, watching TV, sitting in the sun. I mean, all good things. Nothing is wrong with any of those things, but you know, that's not like, that doesn't give you a sense of purpose. You know, there, I think for all of us, there's a limit to how much we can do that. And mm-hmm. my opinion, like if you're talking to a PT who feels mm-hmm. movement is so important, just a yeah. wellness field in general, like, like you yeah. have said before, you know, earlier in the podcast, how are you doing mentally? What is your social life like? But right. yeah, we can't just sit around on our butt and watch TV. Right. Like that, like leisure, I think as people think about it, is not really, that doesn't bring us rest. It doesn't bring us fulfillment. So, you know, what are those things? And I would love for you to elaborate a little bit more on some of those categories that you briefly mentioned earlier. You know, what are the things that you are asking your clients as they're about to make this transition, whether it's retirement or something else that they may not even think about? Yeah, yeah. And I think to a note on that is how people often know that they don't want to sit around all day. Mm-hmm. And yet there can be the confusion around how do I figure out what I want to do instead, or yeah. how do I set myself up for success? Mm-hmm. And so in a coaching partnership, we can unpack both of those things. Like what's the true block from doing the action that you actually want to do <laughs> that, <laughs> that is supporting your best self and how do you set yourself up for success? And there's so many different kind of life hacks and self-improvement things. And I'm a total nerd with all these books. And so I pick up things along the way for people to just try it on, see if that's what works for you or what's your tendency with accountability. There's a great, um, there's a great quiz out there, the four tendencies. I don't know if you have like show notes, you could plug this, but yes, absolutely. Tim's on it. (laughs) Okay, great. So, so Gretchen Rubin and the four tendencies is all about inner and outer expectations. It's one of the quizzes I do with almost all of my clients because it helps us feel like, okay, just embrace the personality and the tendency that I am and let's work with that for accountability rather than against it. So there's different ways that we can really get to the nitty gritty details so that that person is set up for success. And two, I I wanted to kind of circle back to just one thing before going on to the other dimension. Tim, you said, you know, with how you um, kind of are thinking about your vision for what retirement might look like for you. And it made me really smile because the whole point is that you're aware and you're empowered with your choice every step of the way. 
So you can make it look however you want. You can never stop working. And that might be the right choice for you, right? Don't feel pressured into what society says retirement needs to look like. But you are making conscious choices along the way. And if I could say anything about the power of coaching, it is awareness. And when we are aware of our hurdles, our dreams, our emotions, our struggles, we then feel more empowered to make a healthy choice within it. Um, and so I have no doubt that you're going to create a fantastic retirement because you're actively asking yourself, is this working for me? Is it not? And then you tweak along the way. Um, you, you know, it'd be silly to think that, I don't know exactly how old you are, but in your low 40s, upper 30s? You're on, you're, okay. you're on track. Yeah. Okay. Older Four, than me. <laughs> 44. Okay. So, you know, there's no reason you need to have a scripted plan for your retirement when you're 64. Like yeah. there's zero reason, but, but you're checking in with yourself along the way. So that's a huge part too, of kind of taking the weight off of clients' shoulders that they need to have it figured out. Mm. Like that is not like, let's just zoom back into the present moment right here, right now, and then start building, you know, your healthy steps from there. Well, and this might be getting off in the weeds just a little bit, but I was just thinking about this as you're kind of talking through this and asking Tim questions and I was just thinking about like why Tim and I started our business and kind of what I've seen, like we've treated hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients thousands, <laughs> over the last thousands. decades, thousands probably. Yeah, and awesome. so, you know, a lot of what we hear from people, I, I mean, it's just constant. People are stressed out. That's the biggest yeah. problem. And the biggest hurdle with therapy is like, when yeah. do they have time to do their exercises? Because, you know, in our business with PT, you know, we always tease, but it's true. You know, we tease our clients, like, it's 20% us and 80% them. Like mm -hmm. we kind of like you, we can be the coach and the guide and give yep. them all of the tools necessary. But at yep. the end of the day, like PT is not like a one-time hands-on, yeah. like as much yeah. as I would love to like wave my magic yeah. wand and my patients Absolutely. are perfect. The yeah. reality is like, we have wonderful tools that our patients have to put in the effort. They yeah. have to do their exercises and at a, home. A daily consistent effort. Yes. Yeah. It's exercises. It may be stretches and maybe lifestyle yeah. changes. Like we can't sit as much or, you know, just whatever sure. it is that we're bringing into yeah. it. And so, um, I don't know. I was just thinking about this, you know, just finding the time, like people are stressed out. That is a constant yeah. thing. They are very, very busy. And in my opinion, yeah. like we, we have to constantly evaluate even our life, like, how much yep. are we going to have our yep. kids involved with? Because that then yep. requires us to drive them yeah, there. <laughs> absolutely. or stay yeah. or be involved. And those are all wonderful things. We want our kids to have extra, extracurricular activities, but yeah. you know, that also then stresses us out because we are very busy right. people. And right. so what is that happy medium of having time as a family, having just yes. downtime? Like my yep. kids need to be bored and learn how to play. Yep. But it's just interesting thinking of all the, the people that we have treated over the years, the constant thing is they're all stressed out. Mm -hmm. Many of them hate their work. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of find, you know, as a near retirement, it's more just a way to get away from the thing they hate. Sure. Instead of, you know, like Tim and I are very, very, very fortunate. Like not a day goes by that I don't think about this. I mm -hmm love what I do for a living. Yeah. I am very grateful that my job is something that I'm truly passionate about. And cause let's yeah. be real, like all of us have to work to provide for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we need a roof yeah. over our head, you know, yeah. whatever that looks like we have to yeah. work and make money to do that. But I feel very fortunate that we get to do something that we truly do feel passionate about. And like Tim said, it's like, I'm, I'm better than he is about like shutting it off. You know, I get to seven o'clock when my kids go to bed, I am done for the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. done thinking about work. I'm done thinking about our business yeah. and I love it. But like, yeah. you know, there is that limit too. Um, but I also like, 
haven't really thought much about retirement. Like I don't, and that that is a long ways away, but I'm like, I love what I do. I can't, some days I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, our kids are home. So, oh, some days I just want to be a stay-at-home mom and Uh and take care of my children. And then I'm like, no, I don't really want to do that. I love working. And then you get your fill of that. Yeah. (laughs) And then you get your fill. Yeah. yeah. It's like, take these kids. I'm going to go work. Well, you brought up a really cool thing there about, um, about, oh my gosh, I just, I lost it. Well, we were talking about like being passionate about what we do and how patients kind of, you know, they're they're looking to retirement to get away from. Yeah. So I definitely noticed that, you know, you can't guarantee results from a coaching partnership, but I can guarantee that people are going to feel better because you can go through, you know, your week, your month, and even with your loved ones and people in your life that you trust without really talking about like, what's been on my heart that I want to do more of? What are the challenges that are holding me back? And so now we've got three sessions a month that is undivided attention on you and people it's that's why they can make so much momentum you know they're truly carving out the time for what's important to them and you're gonna feel better and people often are like is it therapy and I was like no (laughs) but it is therapeutic like of course it feels good I you know to have a a trusted you know empathic listener on your side of course it feels good to give voice to that thing you've been stuck on and has been holding you back Um, and so I just want more people to know that like these partnerships are available to you and you don't have to navigate these big, potentially scary, complex changes and, you know, on your own. Well, and I think having, like you said, someone to, to listen to you, to really help you navigate, you know, figure out what is it that you just love, like what lights you up? I think just in a profession and your daily life, you know, what are the things that really light you up? Yeah. Like fire under you, you know, yeah. bring life to you. And, and that's where, you know, like that is my profession for me. And Tim and I started our business on the premise of like, how do we do this better? What is better for our patients, better for us as a provider? And I can honestly say that like, we're truly doing that now. And not mm-hmm. every day is lovely and roses. And, <laughs> right, right. but you know, I mean, as you know, it is very challenging to own and run a business, but yeah. there's so much joy in that as well that I think I don't often think of it as work anymore. I mean, it's well, it's just life and I love it. And there's so much intermingling of our personal life and our business too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I love. I think going back to one of the things you just said, Samantha, too, that really resonated with how Jess and I practice is just listening to the other person and having the conversation. And um, I, <laughs> I joke about this with my patients all the time, where, you know, they just ask, you know, well, what makes you different? Especially when I have somebody new, like what makes you different in terms of the way you practice? And I always joke, I'm like, well, I'd love to tell you that I'm the world's best physical therapist, but I think really what helps our patients get better faster is that we give them more of our time than they would normally get in like your standard in-network physical therapy practice. You know, I mean, most of the time you're gonna get to see your PT for like 15 to 20 minutes and you get a whole hour with me. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, we can have a conversation about not only like, well, how's your, your program working, but like what else is going on in your life? Because like Jess has talked about earlier, you know, it, it really doesn't matter how awesome my, my PT program for you is. If like you're doing that for 15 minutes a day and then the rest of your day, you're just sitting in your office with wretched posture. You don't Mm -hmm. get out and move. Like you have no body awareness you're not eating well, you're not sleeping well, you're not managing your stress. It's like, 
you know, the, the likelihood of you getting a positive outcome from physical yeah. therapy is going to be pretty low. And so I love that you're having those same conversations with people where, you know, it does, I think it's to some people, it, it does feel like it's therapeutic. And I think it, it is, but I think that's what so many people need. People need to be heard mm -hmm. and they need to hear themselves talk too, because I think- uh just that process of like articulating what's important to you or what you're struggling with yep. will help you figure out, like you're talking about, like, how do I take that next step? How do I overcome this like perceived yep. hurdle or obstacle without putting voice to that or really mm -hmm. thinking about it? I think mm -hmm. you're doomed to just be kind of stuck in that, that position. So that's, mm -hmm. that's really cool to hear that you're doing that as well. It's like, yeah, it's, I think that's yeah. probably why we, why you and Jess connected so well when you guys yeah. met two years ago. So. Well, and I, I hear you say that, and I think about how how cool it is that we get to be constantly surprised by our clients and our patients. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's one of the um, one of the greatest joys I feel like about being a coach is I'm constantly surprised both with people's um, room for growth and just what with people bring forth because. If I go into a session thinking I know the direction it's going to go, then then the, I'm definitely not being my best coach, right? I have to come from this place of raw curiosity, and part of what it is is this this curiosity around language. You know what what we say to ourselves deeply, deeply matters, mm -hmm. and this is the huge part about awareness and about insight. Is um, you know, and I imagine you guys run into this too with the mindset thing that we started talking about at the beginning. If you think like I'm never going to feel better. I'm always going to have chronic pain. Well, great. Let's just slam that door shut. And what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And so definitely, or even on the flip side, if somebody talks about their dreams and, you know, I want to, I want to have happiness from within. Okay. I, let's, let's unpack that. Define that for me. What does that look like? Let's put some arms and legs on it, you know? Um, and so it's, it's, it's really exciting to see how just asking questions around language can be super powerful for people to be like, whoa, I had no idea that I was telling myself that um, that was holding me back or, you know, whatever direction it could go. Yeah, that's huge. That reminds me my probably the, the best or most favorite research article I've read lately around physical therapy and strength and conditioning was this study that was done with this group of college kids a couple of years ago and basically they split these kids into three groups you had a group that exercised you had a group that didn't exercise they just kind of did their normal like whatever they were doing and then you had a third group that didn't exercise but every day for 15 minutes they thought about exercising they thought about lifting weights and so they did a baseline test for all these groups and then when they retested them after four weeks they measured all the groups. So obviously the group that lifted weights every day got stronger on average by about almost 50%. The group that didn't exercise at all didn't get any stronger. And that's no surprise. The thing that like blew me away was the group that just sat around and thought about lifting weights for 15 minutes a day on average got 30% stronger wow. from four weeks prior. And like they did not touch a weight in that period of time. And I'm like, man, we are barely scraping the surface of our understanding of like how our yeah. thoughts and how our mindset controls our outcomes. That reminds me of another study with, um, I'm trying to remember what book I read this in. I, I think it was one by Chipper and Dan Heath because I've been really into their book, Switch mm -hmm. and The Power of Moments right now. Mm -hmm. But he was talking about um, like hotel uh, service workers, you know, maids essentially that, that 
they were given surveys about like, do you consider yourself an exerciser or not? And then the two groups were one, they were like, you are like, you're, you're squatting, you're lifting, you're reaching, you're, do, you're exercising throughout your workday, like gave some education about that and, you know, gave them some encouragement and the other ones, they didn't. And then without changing anything else, you know, watch them for however many X amount of weeks. And the ones that got the education about that identity of you are already an exerciser lost like five pounds and you know, an average of whatever, because it was like, once they were like, Oh, look at me, I'm exercising. Then they like added in a few more squats or like maybe took that lunge a little bit more seriously or whatever it was just by putting on that identity of like, look how I'm already exercising in my day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. We could probably talk about this stuff for another <laughs> three hours, but yeah. we'll try I to mean, steer back towards retirement and like planning. <laughs> It's so mad. I mean, just to circle back even to my journey as a coach, I was in that moment of like, I'm not smart enough to start a business. I'm not, you know, mature enough to coach people X amount of years older than me. Um, you know, and it was my own mindset that was holding me back. You know, my skills, my experience, my God-given talents, they were there. They were ready to be unlocked. And it was my mind that was holding me back. And so with my coach was able to address them and move on and then the next one and the next one and go deeper and it's, it's just incredible the things that come up. And I, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of coaches out there that want to offer the plan. You know, it's hard to watch people struggle, right? And so we want to say, these five steps are going to make it go faster. These 10 steps are going to make you be happier. Um, and that's really flashy and fun and might be what some people need. But what I found about this type of coaching, again, about let yourself be surprised, there's times there was one client in particular where, you know, we were trying to, we were getting to the what about around like the, what do you want to do in retirement? We're exploring different things. But one time I just put on this scenario for him. I was like, Hey, what, let's just say, you know, it's next month, you're retired, you go out and grab the mail and your neighbor's like, Hey, Kyle, you know, what are you up to these days? He's like, Oh, I just retired. Cool. What are you doing? You know, I'm just going to rest going to take a month or two. I'm just going to rest with my wife and maybe go see the grandkids and, and then I'll figure it out, you know? And I was just like, put this scenario out there for him. And he started crying on our session. And I was like, you know, what's, what's coming up? What's, what's going on? And he was like, I don't deserve to rest. Like, whoa, you know? I, and there was this whole identity around, this is what it's like to be an earner and a provider for my family. And um, you know, his relationship with God, all these things mixed in there. And so it's like, we, we could have created the most beautiful plan for the what, but if he had this, you know, internal straitjacket on about what rest meant for him and if he was worthy of it or not, those action plans aren't going to mean crap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think that is so valuable to be able to have those conversations with people and, um, do you find that a lot of your clients have their identity wrapped around their work and what they have done for 20, yeah. 30, 40 years? Like, is that a big issue that you're seeing amongst your clients that you have to help them get past? Like, Hey, you're more than just your work. Like you are a human being, yep. you have more to life. Yep. <laughs> Even just at the basic level of how do I introduce myself now when I meet new mm. people, do I say I'm a former anesthesiologist? Do I still say I am one? Do I say I'm a retired person? Like there's so there's that to have to deal with. Yeah. Um, there's the idea, recently I was meeting with someone who is so fearful around like being led to pasture, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I have been a high achiever, competitive, like leading the sales floor for my industry 
and now I'm being led to pastor. Like, so <laughs> particularly for those that I think are in these like high pressured environments again, and then maybe have that, you know, if you think of strength finder strengths, like achievers at the top, competitors at the top, learners at the top, we've got to find a way to tap into those things in retirement too. And I, I believe like all of it's possible. We can find a way, but it's maybe not at, um, as easily accessible as they think. And they've got to like get the, the challenges out of the way first. Um, but yeah, that's a huge part of, of identity is, um, even if they know that they don't want to keep doing what they're doing, there's still a comfort in being able to say, this is what I do and this is who I am. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a big part of, and uh, there's an activity I'll do often with people around like I am dot, dot, dot. And like, there's no limit. I am a father. I am a learner. I am um, a competitor. I am a husband. I, you know, and let's really like go through these things so that it doesn't all become just the job title. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I think that's, that's such an important thing to do it. Like we were talking about just earlier in terms of like having the time to have the conversations to really dig a little bit deeper and figure out like beneath that surface level, who are you? What's important to you? Where do you want to go? How are you going to get there? Um, I think the word that keeps coming up right now in my head as you were talking through that was just like that's intentionality. It's an intentional process. Like you have to ask the question. You have to do the work. You have to do the digging. You have to write these things down to talk these things out. And like you can't just do these things internally either, which I think is what's great about what you're doing, Smith, is the fact that like you're offering a service that I think is so valuable. That's kind of like, again, it's the same thing with physical therapy, like Jess was talking about earlier. It's like, we can't just lay hands on you and fix you. It's like, we can tell you what's going on. We can figure out the root cause of what's going on and we can lay the path out for you, but you've got to walk the path. You've got to do the work. And that sounds yeah. exactly like what you're doing too, where it's like, yeah. you can help guide people. You can kind of help them meet themselves where they're at, you know, but then they've got to do the work to continue to develop yeah. themselves and, and make that plan and put it into action. But the beautiful yeah. thing is like, it's life-changing, <laughs> you know, right. when you do that, it is so worth it. Your life is changed for the better. So. And when you, when you do it for yourself, not to be, you know, that we all live on an Island and we can't have supporters, but, you know, think about the times in your life, maybe even, you know, just as a student or something where, someone gave you the answer and you were like, man, I was so close to figuring it out, you know, and you're like, okay, cool. I got the answer. I guess I'll go on. But then that sense of pride and confidence when you figured it out for yourself. Um, and, and, and to that sense of just growth, you know, that you can't have otherwise when people are doing it for you. Um, and, and it's probably going to be short lived. And so, yeah, I always talk about it as the, the heavy lifting, you know, I want to work with the clients that are ready to do some heavy lifting you know, emotionally, internally, and they are going to reap the benefits, um, you know, outside of that with their, with their relationships, with their contribution, with their sense of purpose. Absolutely. But um, I do find too, that there's, there's some much needed education in, um, let's just say this mature population of anticipating retirees, you know, think about a lot of if we're going to say broad stereotype here, but the, you know, the males that I'm working with might not have a lot of 
um, tools in their back pocket around how to articulate emotions and how, how to articulate some of these things. And so here, here's another one of the reasons of having like a neutral, like confidential, trusted person in their life, you know, where they might not feel safe to try this out with some of their loved ones, you know, based on whatever it might look like. But now they've got someone there like, okay, you know, I can, I can practice what it means to tap into my emotions and I can get some tools from Samantha and I can, um, you know, come back to this again and again. And, and um, again, you know, being, being paid to be confidential is, is a real win for some people. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think sometimes it is easier to talk to somebody who doesn't know anything about you than it is to talk to people that know you really well. I mean, there's pros and cons to both, yep. but as you said, I, and I've seen this with my clients, like, They'll tell me things and, you know, while I'm working on them during our session yeah. that they won't even tell their spouse, not because yeah. they don't love their spouse. It's just yeah. more all sorts of reasons. They don't want to yeah. appear a certain way to their spouse or maybe yeah. they don't feel heard or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, being a spouse, like that is the, the closest relationship you'll have with somebody on this planet, but <laughs> yeah. there could be some limitations. Sometimes there's not the space, right? Yes. Maybe they're so, so used to talking about schedules and what's for dinner mm-hmm. that it's like, where's that carved out space? And again, when you're on a coaching session, it's carved out. You've got it on your schedule. You're investing in yourself. There's a exactly. space to speak with freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and for our listeners, what, um, maybe what advice do you have or, you know, who needs to work with you? Cause I'm sitting here like, well, shoot, all of us need you. <laughs> I'm even close to retire. I need to come talk to you once a week, <laughs> but who is a good fit for you? And maybe what do people nearing retirement, like, what would you encourage them to think about? Like, Hey, do I need yeah. a retirement coach? How would yeah. they know if that is something that's necessary for them? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think internally people are going to know when that sense of urgency starts to, to get louder, um, that mm-hmm. sense of discomfort or some, you know, even start to not sleep well at night as their retirement date looms, or they're just constantly thinking about it and feeling anxious. Um, you know, people are often like, you know, what do I do? But they feel stuck on, I don't even know how to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And so that's where it's like, okay, great. You don't have to do this alone. You know, I would say three to 12 months before the retirement date is a great place to partner with a coach like me, because um, you're going to be able to, to enjoy the process as you hit your retirement date. Like I mentioned about that one client. Um, And then you're also going to be able to start to get, you know, the arms and legs on your action plan when that retirement date passes. So I have noticed for those that are like, if we do a session, let's say the first week of their retirement, it's a really honeymoon stage. It's like, I'm free, I'm fun. I'm like checking off all these things on my to-do list with the house. Like that's not necessarily the best time to start coaching. Um, and then if we can even um, for like six months plus after retirement, if people are still feeling uneasy about like, all right, where am I, what direction am I headed here? Um, I'm glad you pointed that out that even after retirement, it's okay to start this. Like if you missed it, you know, as you were planning going into retirement, you're not lost, right? Like that's not the end of the world. You can still meet with Sam. Like, you know, you can still meet with the coach and and figure out what you need to do if you feel like you're struggling. So that's really good to know. And I think it's good for people to hear that you're not a lost cause. You can always start anytime. And if you too, that question of, do I want to retire? When do I question that's just not getting answered we can absolutely you know tackle that together 
Um, and so it's, it's, it's navigating change with well-being. You know, I'm just really struck with this idea of well-being and how when people, when people undergo change, there's, there's a lot of things that are going to be disruptive about that. And so how to support yourself to have your, your, your best foot forward and your most whole healthy self as you navigate that change. And so, you know, that change might be retirement. It might be reducing paid work. It might be completely ending paid work. It might be, you know, any other sort of change. There's been a lot of changes in 2020. You know, if people just want a place to talk about, wow, this change of working from home full time. Wow, this change of my daughter that I thought was going to be at college, who's now, you know, doing school remotely at home with us. Like there's change doesn't have to be this like capital letter C you know, that is outwardly recognized, you know, we, we do a lot of other changes that are um, valid enough <laughs> to, um, to unpack with a coach as well. Well, I've known many people kind of within our business networking groups um, who have gone a whole different direction. They've started a business in their retirement years, something that they're crazy passionate about. I've heard stories about people who start a cake making business or cake yeah. decorating. I mean, really cool stuff. Like it can be, I think, a really fun time for people. It doesn't have to be one where they are just sitting around bored out of their mind. Like there's so much capacity we have, I think, as human beings to yeah. give back to the world. I mean, all of us, I think, and this is just my personal opinion, but all of us are uniquely designed. We have um, unique passions, unique abilities outside of our day jobs. <laughs> that could be within your day job, but it could also yeah. be that you have all these other amazing abilities that you haven't even tapped into because you haven't right. had the time. So, Well, think about the untapped potential in this elder mm-hmm. generation. You know, we like, no, please don't be led to pasture. We need, you know, we need your knowledge and your expertise and your mentorship and your skills and your volunteering and all these other things. And so that's where, you know, my, my internal why is like, I want to live big so I can, you know, bring the most glory to God. And I want to help others live big so that they're feeling like they're expanding with all the best parts of themselves outward. And, and that can look a million different ways, you know, for every person. But the second we think like I'm led to pasture, I'm just going to start shriveling up and shrinking. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you've worked so hard to have freedom of money, freedom of time in these later years in your life, like maximize it, absolutely maximize it. I'm so glad you said that because I feel very much the same way. Um, and, and this is you know personal within our faith journey, but within our church um, is a lot of people our age and younger with young families. We have very few people who are our parents age and older. And as you said, there is so much wisdom there. When I get patients who are my parents age or older, I'm like, talk to me, tell me all the things about raising kids, about marriage. Like, how did you do it? Yeah, (laughs) Because it's such a beautiful, like, it's just a time that like, yeah, I can get advice from people who have been there and done that. And I think we all need that. Even people who are 20 years older than me and right. could be learning from people who are 20 years right. older than them even, you know, well, how did you navigate retirement, you know, and things like that if they're in that stage. So I think we're never, we're never too old to learn. There are always yeah. people that are older who have lived more life than we have, yeah. who, as you said, like are so untapped with just amazing wisdom and knowledge. And that's yeah. such a beautiful thing to get mm-hmm. from people in that age group. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yes, for those listening, you are not a lost cause. We need you. Yes. As young people have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I wouldn't say no idea, but a very dim idea at some points. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, I wanted to, before we kind of wrap up today, I wanted to go back to one thing because I've kind of gotten this sense, Samantha, as we've been talking that you enjoy reading more than the average bear. So, and you mentioned the four tendencies, which, which I love. Are there any other like great reads that you recommend, like people kind of in your niche that you're trying to help with should check out? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I do love to read. I actually don't have a TV. I haven't had a TV in, oh gosh, it's going on like eight years or something. And so um, I, I just, okay. So books right now, definitely the ones by Chip and Dan Heath. So I love switch, switch, and, and it's a, around change. So what are the things that help us support meaningful change? It talks about, you know, bright spots. It talks about shaping the path, all these different things. Really recommend that too for managers. You know, a lot of times we're trying to uh, incorporate change in our teams and we're like why aren't they getting it like so that's a great one there's another one um, just kind of related to managers or helping people is the coaching habit I'm blanking on the author for that one at the moment but it's a, it's a quick read and gives you some great high level um, structure to asking quality questions when you want to help people help themselves um, so that's the coaching habit and then there's a book focused on retirement called The New Retirementality, um, all one word, that's um, Mitch Anthony. And so he does a great job at kind of that call to arms around like design is how it's going to work for you. You know, think about these different dimensions. Think about um, these different areas of wellness for you. And don't let yourself be sucked into what whatever you think you should be doing in retirement. Um, he talks about, you know, this is not a cliff that you're falling off of. Let's build those bridges to the life you want to be living post-work. Um, so that's a, that's a great recommendation. Um, what else am I reading lately? There's a lot of books, you know, relationship-focused, um, the, the four, um, four Agreements, The Mastery of Love. Um, yeah, it's, it's the different dimensions. Depends on which area you want to go. <laughs> okay. No, those are good. We will uh, link those in the show notes for okay. sure. And so. where can people find you, Sam, if they want to work with you? What's your website? Any yeah. social media yeah, channels? Exactly. Maybe your email, contact info? Yeah, best place would be my website. It's Lumina, L-U-M-I-N-A, and then dash, or like the hyphen, coaching.com. So on there, there's a couple of videos. You can hear from a um, current client. Uh, you can sign up for a strategy session. There's a webinar replay around the, the three-step strategy for fulfilling retirement. So that's the best place. And then my email is sam at lumina-coaching.com. And um, there's, I think I have a Facebook page, Lumina Coaching. That's <laughs> my Facebook page. Okay. So those, those are the main here. places. <laughs> I relate very well to that. Social media yeah. is like my nemesis. Like I yeah. could do without, but you have a business, you sort of have to have it. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, and you know, I think, um, yeah, just just to encourage people that if you're you know curious about coaching or if there's something you want to unpack, strategy sessions are complimentary and it's a fun way to just gain some more awareness about what are your hurdles, what are your blocks, what are your dreams. Awesome. Well, Sam, you, you are a wealth of knowledge. Thank you very much for your time, for sharing your time and yourself and, and all the things that you have to offer with our listeners. Yeah, and we thanks for such you. a fun chat. Yeah, I this was a ton of fun. It. Yeah, we'll have you back soon, I'm sure. Well, appreciate the work that you guys are doing. Thank you. Well, thanks again, thanks. Sam. Same to you. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Kansas City podcast. 
If you like what you're hearing, check out all of our episodes here or at RestoreThrive.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others find our show. Restore Thrive is the home to Kansas City's top physical therapy and performance training practice. We're all about helping active individuals and athletes get back to the activities and sports they love without pills, injections, or surgeries. At our core, we believe that you should be able to grow strong and age gracefully. So whether you're trying to get ready for your next race, ready for your next workout, ready to keep up with your kids, pretty much ready to win at the game of life. Check us out and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Restore Thrive. Until next time, be well, everyone.